John St. Pierre is an accomplished entrepreneur. He is the visionary co-founder of Legacy Global Sports, the co-host of the Entrepreneurs United podcast, and the author of The $100 Billion Journey, Your Guide to Growing the Business of Your Dreams Without Going Off the Cliff. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, thanks for having me, George. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work, and why you do what you do. Awesome. Love that. Well, you know, in the introduction, you said uh, I was the co-founder and uh, one of the visionary CEOs of Legacy Global Sports. Well, I can start right there. Um, Legacy Global Sports is a company I founded um, 20 years ago in 2003 with some best friends. Uh, I'm no longer, unfortunately, presiding over that business because five years ago this month, uh, I was fired from my own company. Uh, We grew it to over $50 million in global revenues. And one day I lost it all and got fired in the boardroom of, uh, of our business and, uh, you know, found myself trying to search, okay, what happened here? What did I do wrong? Where do I need to pick myself back up? I was always a lifelong entrepreneur, George, always looking to build things, grow things. I had to pick myself back up off the ground and figure out, you know, what was my true purpose? Where am I going? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And how can I build a business the right way? Uh, subsequently picked myself back up uh, and uh, helped grow uh, another business that I had at the time uh, called Brandpoint Services to north of $100 million over the past few years, but doing it the right way. Uh, and and you know taking all the learnings from those failures uh, that I've had and, and learnings over my career to really implement the strategies. And just recently uh, coming out, uh, wrote a book called The $100 Million Journey, uh, Your Guide to Growing the Business of Your Dreams Without Going Off the Cliff. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well now. You know, it's funny, George, you know, they always say that, you know, failure is a prerequisite for success. Hmm. It's a lot easier to say that when you're not like in the depths of failure, (laughs) trying to figure out like what just happened. Uh, But I also believe it because if you can take perspective and introspection and tie them together, I think that can achieve progress. But, you know, getting to that point wasn't as easy. Yeah, no kidding perspective and introspection and tie them together. Is that a mark of maturity? Just wisdom? Mm. Uh, I'd say maturity, wisdom uh, through learnings. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, I felt in, you know, if I look back on that particular situation, Uh, In a way, I felt like, you know what? I needed to get knocked down. I needed to be humbled. You don't have everything figured out, dude. Uh, This isn't the way things don't just happen naturally, automatically, uh, you know, in your favor. You have to really prepare yourself and protect yourself and do things the right way in order to achieve success. So you have those learnings. And without those learnings, you don't really have that perspective. You don't really look inwardly at what you could have done differently. So yeah, I think think that those are through learnings. And I probably should have cleared this with you beforehand, but why did you get fired? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of reasons, Um, but primarily, George, I I tried to grow a company, I'd say, beyond our skis, Uh, meaning I was growing for growth's sake. I wanted to build a large enterprise. Let's get this business to 100 million. Let's go. But in order to do that, well, you have to bring on some investors, bring on investors, dilutes your equity, dilutes your control of the business. Uh, in order to get to 100 million, you have to grow fast. You start diversifying in all these different product lines, all these new business segments, buying companies, your balance sheet's getting levered up. Uh, you're trying to figure out, okay, what do we need to do next? But all along, 
I wasn't really trying to figure out how fast can our company afford to grow? How much net operating cash flow are we generating to reinvest back in the business for growth? We were just growing. And so as that starts happening, you start losing control of the business. Uh, and ultimately, you know, you lose the, the faith and trust of your investors, or your board who look down and you go, hey, you took our business in maybe the wrong direction here. Uh, but uh, but ultimately, I, I brought on uh, a private equity firm to invest uh, $20 million into the business. And as they invested the money, they kind of looked over and said, well, this might not be the right person to run the business going forward. We're going to bring somebody else in here. And uh, that was it. And, uh, you know, why did I put myself in that position is ultimately, you know, a big source of the learnings. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. So grow the business of your dreams. I, is, is, is that important language? We talk about growth and everybody's yeah. got to scale and bigger is better, but I don't know if it is. Yeah. That's a great, a great observation, George. I love the fact you picked up on that. In my younger career, I was growing businesses to grow businesses. I really didn't actually know what I wanted. I didn't have a true life plan for me. I had, you know, a business plan. I had, I'd sit my, you know, every time I'd sit my company down, I'd go, okay, we need to know why we exist. We need to develop our long-term strategic plan. And what's our BAG? And really, what do we want to accomplish with this business? I never did it with myself. I never sat down myself and go, wait, what do I want? What am I trying to create here? And so, you know, building the business of your dreams means ultimately, what do you want to accomplish through your business? And then align your strategic business plan to what you want to accomplish and build the business you aspire to build. Don't build it for somebody else or just for growth sake and building something nice and big. What do you really want in your life? And people want different things, as you know. You know, I was just saying, it's like you hear people are so excited about entrepreneurship these days. It's glorified and it's exciting and we've got Shark Tank and this, that, and, thing, and that, that's awesome. And I was thinking in my head, as you were describing that, some people just want to get funded. Like, I just, just can't wait to get funded. I got to figure out how to get money. And it's just the opposite of what you're talking about. Yeah. I think entrepreneurs ultimately sometimes have that completely wrong. They talk about how much revenue they've made last year, how fast their company is growing, how much capital they've raised. All those are ego driven, right? Like, oh, look at look at what my company's done. Um, but very free, infrequently do they look back and say, well, here's how much net operating cash flow I'm generating every year so I can afford to grow this percentage. And as you talk about it, like when I, when I discovered that there's actually a formula to tell me how fast my company can afford to grow by the net operating cash we're actually generating through our business, that changed a whole different perspective for me because if you try and grow your business 20% a year or 100% a year, whatever it may be, but your company can only afford to grow 5% a year or 10% a year, you're going way over your skis. And what ends up happening is now you're going to the bank for loans, you're putting personal guarantees down, you're trying to bring investors in, they're diluting your equity. Everything can kind of flow downhill. So how do you protect what you're building for your ultimate goals in your life uh, is very important. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, you know, that's a shiny object syndrome or what you're, what's glamorized in the news is what you hear them talking about, to your point, look how much capital they've raised. Actually, as a matter of fact, the best businesses don't raise any capital. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to do it that way? Exactly. Right. Because the ultimate way to create wealth through a business asset is through your equity. But yet way too many times entrepreneurs focus on how big my company is versus how much they own. So, you know, I, I did the math in my head. I said, you know, I was building a hundred million dollar company. That was my goal. But in the end, when I got fired, George, I owned 8% of the business that I co-founded. And 
you know, if you think about it the reverse way, would you rather have a $10 million company you own 100% of or a $100 million company you own 10% of? I'd rather the $10 million company, a lot less headaches, <laughs> a lot less employees, a lot less customers, a lot less to focus on, a lot less risk. But yet we aspire to grow things sometimes a little too big as entrepreneurs and get whacked. So it's it's a little bit of starting with the end in mind. It's thinking about what I want my lifestyle to be like today, understanding that if I'm starting a company, it's probably not going to be everything that I want it to be, but it's still worthwhile thinking about that. Yeah. To me, it's what are you trying to accomplish? And are you trying to accomplish freedom through owning a business so you don't have to work for somebody else? Are you trying to accomplish uh, wealth through running a business? Or are you trying to accomplish wealth through owning a business? I think a lot of times entrepreneurs run a business. They buy themselves a job. They put them. They they start a business so they can work sixty to eighty hours a week. They can be stressed out. They can be the, the chief cook and bottle washer. They can do everything. That's what they want to do, and that's fine. But I think there's another way of looking at it, George. Uh, if you want to be a business owner and generate passive income through a business, then you need to set up a business for long term viability. You got to train and develop your team of entrepreneurs. You got to develop some systems and processes so that you don't have to be there every single day for your business to run. And then potentially you get to diversify into other areas of interest, whether that be passions you have or other business assets. And I like to relate that to, uh, you know, how many real estate investors uh, create great businesses by owning one building? And the answer is very, very few. Uh, they own multiple buildings. They have property managers that take care of them and they diversify their assets uh, through different um, entities or different properties. Yet most entrepreneurs have one business that they really spend a lot of their time with. They put all their eggs in that one basket. It's like they tell you to buy mutual funds. They don't just say go buy one stock, but yet as entrepreneurs, sometimes that's what we do. Or worse, George, what I'm seeing now is a lot of entrepreneurs hear that and they think, okay, I got to start 10 businesses all at the same time. Well, the reality is all 10 are going to suck. You actually got to build one, do it right, and then pass it off to your team who can run it to diversify then further. And that's all... You you talk about how to actually do that in the book. Yeah, so the book covers um, you know why you need to have a true north life plan for you and your life, how to align that to your strategic business plan, but then beyond that, it's the seven principles of entrepreneurial success that I've discovered. That anytime I've deployed these principles the right way, I'm able to build a business the right way, and when I don't, I get crushed. And so the principles walk you through how to protect and grow your equity, build your own capital. Uh, reinvest smartly, build a culture of entrepreneurship, uh, protect the house, access the liquidity you're building up in your balance sheet. And seven is how to move from CEO to chairperson. So you can actually remove yourself from the business operationally, become more strategically so you can diversify your interests in the areas you want to spend your time in. I think that that's a really important idea, concept, whatever whatever the, the appropriate term is that I'm the CEO, just, I could just think of myself as an example. I'm, I really enjoy doing many of the things in my business today, but that doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy doing all the things that I'm doing 10 years from now. So it's very possible and probably smart of me to be thinking about, okay, what would it take for me to move from being the CEO and the doer to the chairman where I'm still, you know, hands-on, but not doing all of it. Yeah. Well, you know, entrepreneurs are told all the time, 
work on your business, not in your business. Right. But easier said than done, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot For of sure. times we're just trying to get the business to the next step, hitting that quarterly goal or that annual goal, and we're working in the business. But when you can move yourself from CEO to chairperson, to your point, that doesn't mean you don't care about the business anymore. It doesn't mean you don't work within the business anymore, but you're working at a more strategic level. You're working on the business. You're trying to see areas of opportunity for growth, how to protect your business against risk. You start seeing a whole bunch of different things you didn't see when you're actually in the business shoveling the dirt. And that's a lot where that perspective comes into play because, and introspective, when I'm inside of it in the trench or inside the jar or whatever i can't i can't see beyond it so i can see where being removed a little bit taking a step back getting a little distance would give you that additional perspective yeah when you think about it what's the definition of an expert somebody from out of town who comes into your business and tells you all the things you should be doing better well if you remove yourself from your business you could easily go look at your business from an outside lens and see all the areas of opportunity but when you're deep in it, you really can't see it. It's like you can't edit your own homework, right? Uh, I just wrote this book. I had a hard time editing my own book. I couldn't see that I had you know, double periods in some places and I couldn't see it anymore because I was in it too much. But somebody on the outside is like, hey, look look here, look what's going on in your business and how you can improve it. If you can make yourself that, if you can turn yourself into a chairperson presiding over your business, you'll be able to see those weak spots and those strengths a lot easier. You know what? I'm terrible. I'm, I'm terrible about a lot of things, but certainly taking time out to do more strategic planning consistently. Is that a common thing for entrepreneurs to have a hard time with? Yeah. I'll take it a step further. I mean, what percentage of entrepreneurs have a true North life plan for themselves? Yeah. Right. Uh, I'd say sub 10%. Uh, in terms of business having strategic plans, a lot of businesses say they have a plan, how detailed is that strategic plan is kind of the question that I, that I, I gauge a lot. A lot of times they know where they want to go, but is the, is it down to the detail? Uh, do you have a three-year capital strategy for your business and what capital you need to achieve those goals, right? So in my instance, George, I said, I want to grow this company to hundred million, but I wasn't really sure how much capital I needed to get there. Did I need to bring on some investors, what that was going to do to my equity. I didn't really figure all that stuff out until we were in the heat of it, which was a little bit too late. So you really need to have a detailed strategy for your business. I'd say very few entrepreneurs and businesses really do. And I don't need to be an MBA to to do that. No. No. As a matter of fact, it goes back to the simple premise of, are you working on your business or in your business? Right. If you were working on your business, you'd be like, we need a strategic plan. What are we doing? And then you'd give that strategic plan to your team. But a lot of it is just conversation. A lot of it is, what do you really want? Um, to your point, it's not uh, you know, very difficult to come up with a, with a game plan for your business, a strategic plan. It's really just taking that time to invest in what you want, what your business wants, what your team ultimately wants, and aligning all those pieces. Right. And being a good steward of all of it and being thoughtful and introspective uh, all mm-hmm. at the same time. As you are, um, as you now, you you grew, started a business 20 years ago, and then you moved on from it. And now you've started more businesses. How is How has your thinking changed about your your personal retirement? Is that factored in or do you think that you're always going to be, are you going to work forever? Yeah. George, I question what the definition of retirement is, yeah. right? Uh, I really do. I, I'm, I'm a true believer that if um, I read the book from Anthony Robbins recently, Life Force, 
and uh, attended a, a seminar recently by a fountain life. And I truly believe you can stay healthy for the next 10 years. We may live forever uh, with all the advances in technology and everything else. So when you retire now, what, what are you, what are you going to do? What passions do you have? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, when they think of the definition of retirement, they think, am I doing the things I love doing? And uh, so I like to think today, George, that I can move to retirement a lot sooner in that definition, because I, I want to spend the rest of my life working with entrepreneurs and helping them grow their business, avoid the pitfalls of growth, uh, learn different things along the way and stay sharp myself. Uh, to me, if I can do that with entrepreneurs I love working with, that's retirement for me. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, in, in, in the title of the book, we talked about the business of your dreams. Mm-hmm. And then it's also without going off the cliff. Is the cliff a thing, or is it just a cliff? Is uh, is 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 the language there important as well? Um, may, maybe not so much uh, in terms of the 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 or a. Uh, but you know, when you think about a business, George, a lot of entrepreneurs go through different phases. They go through the startup phase. They go through the struggle phase. Then they get to a nice phase called the lifestyle phase. And lifestyle phase, they're able to pay themselves well. They're able to buy some of the luxury things they want for their hand, for their home or their family. They get comfortable. But if you want to go from a lifestyle phase business to a high performance business, that journey from a lifestyle business to a high performance business is very rocky, very dangerous. That growth brings on a whole new level of risk, a whole new level of capital, a whole new level of, of everything. Uh, we call that the growth paradox, right? The more your business grows, the more employees, the more risk, the more customers, the more cash, the more everything starts happening. And that, that area there is where the cliffs all are. And if you don't apply these seven principles of entrepreneurial success correctly to your business, you may just one day find yourself falling off a cliff just like I did and losing everything you've built over 15 years. And that's what I want to help entrepreneurs make sure they avoid. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, the cliff shows up in lots of different forms. That's right. (laughs) To your point. (laughs) Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Where can they get their copy of... The Billion Dollar Journey, your guide to growing the business of your dreams without going off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, so the $100 million journey is out uh, November 30th on Amazon. Uh, you can find more information at 100mjourney.com uh, or on any of my social handles at John St. Pierre 100. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did showing John your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to 100mjourney.com and learn more about what John and I have been talking about today. And it's John St. Pierre 100 is, is the social media handle. And then pick up your copy of the $100 million journey on November 30th or later. And I'll link again everywhere you can do that in the notes of the show. Thanks again, John. Awesome. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.